Welcome to the 522nd episode of League Cast Podcast. I'm your host, Nick the King Cooper. Joining me is Aiden Frost Rockarts. Hey, how's it going? And Colton Blue Basket Sweat. Happy Tuesday, Nick. Poggers, happy Tuesday indeed. Uh, this week, we'll be talking about a little bit of League Cast news. Uh, we'll talk about actually quite a bit of new news um, for a, a non-patch uh, week. Um, we've got no stories. Leave us some reviews. Uh, we've got a, an ad read from our sponsors at Manscaped. Uh, Aiden's going to guide us through a little, uh, manager mana game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that will be really fun to, uh, to, to get into. Uh, and then we'll close it out with a little bit of competitive league round table and mail fight. But before we get into that, let's talk about our weeks. Aiden, how was yours? Mike was good. I played almost zero league until Nick, uh, <laughs> pulled me in to lose a bunch of solo queue games. Uh, I think no, we went but- one and two. We went one and two. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. And also, <laughs> one game was so rough. <laughs> Dude, I've never been camped so hard in my life. Um, we, we were we were getting the LCS treatment. I'll get. I'll I'll say that <laughs> it was crazy. It was like gank level three, four man tower dive level four, four man pa- tower dive level four, three man tower dive level three uh, level yeah. five. It was like, yeah. ugh. but uh, right. it was yeah, fun. those games feel bad. And then your jungler's like, "Don't worry, guys, I got their wolves." <laughs> my yeah. favorite is just like, just play safe. Okay. Yeah, just just play, just play just under play your safe. second tower. Yeah, and it's like I don't know. No one is like too mad about that game. It was no, funny because yeah. both, both mid laners like because their mid laner would come down and kill us, and our mid laner would come down. She's playing Katarina, and she would like clean them up. And mm-hmm. both mid laners were just chatting and all chat like, "Ooh, bottom lane's pretty fun. I'm a little hungry. I think I'm gonna head to bottom lane." <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. just, just not fun. But uh, I whatever. think they had it like Echo Elise as like yeah. their jungle mid combo, and it was just like, oh, yeah, wow, that's a uh, that's rough. How do you even survive that tower dive? Yeah. Um, but outside of those couple games, I've been playing a shitload of TFT. Uh, a lot, Ooh. a lot. Um, so partially, partially comes from the fact that I've been playing in some like uh, Gamercraft has these like leaderboard tournaments where you like just mm-hmm. sign up and then you just do your best out of five games or whatever and it like gets ranks your points and stuff like that and they've been kind of fun to play in and partially because i played a ranked game in iron because i was a season one diamond tft player and uh every season since then i've been playing placements and just losing them and getting placed in iron um and my key times were super long and someone in iron some for some reason looked me up on i guess there's a website you can look people up for mm-hmm. uh tft and flamed me <laughs> for being iron in tft because i used to be diamond okay uh, <laughs> So I fucking just started playing ranked and I passed him and I fucking... <laughs> yeah, so you, so you played TFT for one week and got up yeah. to like probably plat? <laughs> yeah, I'm like currently I think high golden or something like that. It's like, I don't know. I just yeah. wasn't really taking the game seriously. Honestly, it's been a more enjoyable experience because if I do queue for... if Whenever I play TFT, I just queue rank because who cares anyways. Mm-hmm. But my queue times in Iron were like seven minutes. <laughs> wow, what the uh, fuck? So I'm glad I'm in like gold now because my queue times are like instant, which is nice. Hmm. but uh yeah i fucking proved that random guy wrong <laughs> yeah you fucking showed him he, he probably is gonna look you up in like a week and say wow i yeah. really turned that guy's life around and inspired him <laughs> yeah see flame does work 
Um, outside of that, though, not a ton of League. I'm hoping to play more over the next couple weeks. Um, but I've finished Elden Ring. I finished all of Elden Ring in two weeks. Uh, I'm really happy that wow. I finished it. It was fucking really good. It is a 10 out of 10 game. Not a flawless game, but a 10 out of 10 game. Um, I would recommend if anyone likes Souls-type games, uh, it's really good. Or if you like Souls-type games, but they're typically too challenging, this is probably the least challenging game because you don't just have to hit your head against a wall to proceed. You can go, hey, that boss is too hard, and then just go somewhere else, and you can do that for the entire game until the end. <laughs> so it, it's really good. I'd recommend it to anyone. And if anyone's finished it, I'd love to just talk about it more because uh, it, it's super fucking good, and I'm the only person out of everyone I know who's finished it. So <laughs> Yeah, that's a, it's been... You, you put in a lot of hours, to be fair. Yeah, I put in um, 50 hours in two weeks. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I think it's a great game, and I think I'm about 20 hours in. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a great time. It is like it. It is a a great like open world Souls game, which like has never really existed before. But I think they did a fantastic job. Yeah, I, I, I just, can't wait to see what they do next. Like, I wonder does Miyazaki go back to doing more linear games, or does he create another huge game? I don't know. I I feel like the the sort of system that they set up with Elden or Elden Ring is just actually so solid for a an open world game where realistically there's like there there's really nothing that you can't just like reskin and sell again you know it's an yeah. entirely new experience like I, I think the boss fights are the only thing that like have to be unique and and you know innovative in a couple ways uh but even then I, like the, the the dungeon bosses like being kind of just like different versions of the same thing a lot of yeah. the time are like mm-hmm. still very enjoyable yeah, for sure. But like the fact that uh, okay, here's big open like regular area with with mm-hmm. you know pretty easy enemies. Oh, and here's big open like fire area. Don't go here until you're ready. There's yeah. it's too scary. Like I, I don't know. It's just I feel like it's super easy to to go ahead and and like I said, reskin it and then just do it again. You know. I also think <laughs> it's a it game back. that's very open to uh, having. Uh, DLC like I know oh I'm very surprised that like most of the front from soft games have DLC it seems like a game that typically wouldn't um, but this game you could literally just add a new area that you go to so uh, for DLC so the way from software games typically have DLC is they literally do add in just a new area mm-hmm. um, but you you like go to an area and they get transported to somewhere else which is where the DLC takes place okay so you'll you like talk to you'll talk to someone and, and she'll transport you to the, the DLC area yeah. or you'll touch a painting. And then I, I wasn't, I'm not, I'm not sure if that's DLC, but it's just an example of like you, you touch a painting and, and it transports you to a new area. Like, and that's where the DLC uh-huh. takes place in its entirety. It's enclosed. You can go there as soon as you have access to that area. And it's just like, I, I could easily, easily see them doing something similar or just like slapping on a new like portion of the continent that you couldn't get to previously yeah it is great though i would definitely recommend it I, like i'm not the biggest fan of from soft games uh mm-hmm. overall but it very much feels way less punishing as the other ones so i would recommend it it feels like an experience that you don't want to miss out on so yeah yeah for sure it it, it definitely i was talking to aiden about this but it feels like playing uh breath of the wild again where like it, it's open world and it truly truly like rewards you for for playing in the open world yeah where like you can go places and completely like immerse yourself in areas for hours without ever touching the main quest that exists or you Mm -hmm. could just like skip to the main quest and and, like 
there it is. Like there's a ton for you to discover. There's not a like quest system that sends you out to these places. It's just like, oh, that looks fucking dope over there. I'm going to go see what I'm going to go see what it is. And, that being and, said, uh, I think there could be a bit more of a quest system. Oh, I mean, I, it is a From Software game after all. Do you all. think <laughs> there is a single pl- player who hasn't looked up where the fuck they're supposed to go halfway through a quest <laughs> some, at some point during that game? So for quests, uh, no, absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> I think the only way you do is if you are one of the like few people who, like, you play a FromSoft game, you're like, I get it. I understand. Yeah. Dude, there's just like, some quests where like I'll, I'll like be like okay well, i really want to finish this quest line so i'll look up all the steps and stuff and i'll be like no world in which yeah. anyone figured this shit out <laughs> especially with it, it feels like it's become a lot more forgiving since like dark souls one or even demon souls for that matter yeah but like how how are you supposed to know like okay you have to do these steps in an order and if you beat this boss you like that's the entire quest line is just done like you, yeah. you fail it instantly Oh, it's, it's you, way less uh, punishing because um, there's oh, a yeah. character who's from other games who reappears in that game, uh, in oh, yes. like Elden Ring, and mm-hmm. I killed him. And, and it turns out he had like this like recipe that I really wanted. I'm like, fuck, dude, these games are so fucking punishing. I can't get this recipe that I want to craft this XP mm-hmm. potion, right? Uh, and I'm like, that sucks. But no, you can just then take his thing that he drops and take it to this one person. Then you can just buy his stuff from them. And I'm like, that's great. Because I feel like in other games, yeah. that wouldn't have been the case at no, all. No, for sure. You would just fail it instantly. And yeah. I, I don't know. It's super, there, there is a mechanic in the the Souls games themselves where for certain quests, you have to like, okay, talk to this NPC before you do this boss. Yeah. You have to summon this NPC for... Like this NPC will be available for four bosses and you have to summon them, have them survive and beat the boss and three (laughs) out of the four of them. Yeah. (laughs) Like good luck. And that's how you progress in this quest. And if you don't, they fucking die and you are a terrible person. Yeah. You just, you just suck. I guess. And I think there's some fun in like stuff like that, but it definitely shouldn't be that punishing like overall. No. Either way. Yeah. It's a great game. I don't want to like go on too long about it, but uh, it was kind of all I did this week. So uh, I'm very, very happy with how it, how it was. So also if anyone fucking beats the, not not the hard, the hardest boss of the game, you'll know it when you get to it. Please let me know because that it, I I really think that once again I'm someone who hasn't played I haven't finished Dark Souls one two three or Demon Souls, but I think it's the hardest boss in all the Souls games. Uh, so yeah, I feel like actually since playing like Sekiro and some of Elden Ring that the Souls bosses aren't actually that hard. Yeah, uh, because I think they play by the rules of the Souls series. Where like, okay, enemies have stamina and yeah. they like and and they play fair, I guess, yeah. like that. Where like it sometimes feels like holy shit, this this Elden Ring boss is hitting like he's hitting really hard, he's hitting really fast, and he's got like I don't know one attack's worth of recovery before he's gonna combo me again. Yeah, but. no, for sure. They definitely usually like play by rules with like minor exceptions in every game, like mm-hmm. fucking Demon of Hatred and Sekiro's. Like <laughs> yeah. it doesn't play by the rules of that <laughs> game. At oh all. my god! Or even like Guardian Ape for that matter. Yeah, uh, where like. The rules are still kind of there, but it's it's like unconventional compared to everything else. Yeah. Either way, would completely recommend uh, that to my week. Uh, what about you, Colton? Um, I did not play any Elden Ring because I don't play <laughs> video games that I have to purchase. You. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did play a good amount of League of Legends. Uh, still been queuing Phil. Um, dropped down to d3 like 50 points and then like won eight games in a row or eight out of ten mm-hmm. um so it's been you know pretty much the same I, I guess with like mixed success it had a lot of like interesting interactions with people where they're flaming you for stuff and you're like 
you're you're wrong. Like that's not how this works. Like I had a, a teammate flaming me on Kennen for split pushing, and I'm like, I was matching the Urgot, and I TP to the team fight if there's anything to TP to. Like that's how you play Kennen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Dude, people play and, everyone for everything. We had a game, yeah. Nick and I do a oh game, God. and we had this fight call in that dragon pit where we win the fight we get the dragon and then i w over his tom kench he flashes over the wall and i think our one of maybe one of our other teammates flashes over the wall our right? jungler and flashes by the way yeah and not so <laughs> nick's playing senna and he's just in the pit and he has to walk all the way around because nick doesn't have flash he's not going to flash over the wall yeah. i w over he, that guy flashed over and then at the, we, we both die and nick just starts getting spamping he's like why the fuck weren't you there <laughs> just like Where we all went setup? over the wall, and mm-hmm. he can't go over the wall, and it's like he gets <laughs> yeah. flamed for it. It's like that's cr- dude. People are just blame people for everything. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it, it's wild. But I just thought it was so funny. Where he's like, "How did I manage to get the only split pushing Kenan on the server?" And I'm like, <laughs> "That's the point of Kenan is you split and then you teleport to the fight." Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, it's been, it's been fun. Um, been playing a whole bunch of different characters as. As per usual, when I'm queuing Phil, it's been working. Yeah, um, I've been playing a little bit of Cassiopeia carry bot lane. It's so fun, just dunking on eighty carries who don't know how much damage you do. Mm-hmm. Like we we were against a Renata Jinx lane, and there were a couple times where the Jinx like actually tried to just you know contest my damage with her lethal tempo yeah. chain gun, and she wasn't close. Wait, Jinx from Arcane? Yeah, Jinx from Arcane. So sick. Yeah, I, I I have been saying that for a long time. I don't I don't think characters <laughs> like Swain, Cassiopeia, Ziggs are that OP in bottom lane. I think it's the fact that zero people bottom know how to play against them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the only thing I I can say I did play one lane where we had a Vigar support locked in and our team was AD heavy and I'm like fuck it I'm gonna play Cassiopeia carry mm-hmm. and. Watching anyone try and exist when the yeah. Vigar gets to put them in a cage and then Cassio <laughs> gets to drop W inside the cage is just like, you you don't get to play, man. It's not yeah. fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, outside of that, um, you know, working on renovation and whatnot, got my desk just out of frame here that I'm finishing Ooh. off so I can get moved into the office um you know keeping keeping busy with work and uh that's about it for me how about you nick other than elden ring what have you been up to <laughs> uh i have played a lot of elden ring uh not nearly as much as aiden uh still been playing a lot of lost ark um and i think that's it. oh I, I mean I, I played a lot of league uh mm-hmm. i played a bunch on my main i think i'm up like 30 points ish so not like a tremendous amount uh but I did very wildly over the week where I think I demoted to, to D4 and then instantly got back up. Hell but I've yeah. uh, been playing a bunch of um, a bunch of Tom Kench support. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually think the champion is like is the best character in the game in the support role. Um, is extremely, extremely tanky. Uh, offers still a ton of utility and damage. But uh, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, oh, and then I played some some ranked games on my smurf i got to plat on my smurf poggies that's really exciting nice. uh off the back of a uh mid lane brand game which turned out to be really really fun um so yeah i think that's i think that's about it uh nice. and do we have any league cast news only league cast news is that we're going to record our patreon episode our new one in the next like week or two so stay tuned for that if you are a one dollar patron that's uh patreon.com 
com slash leadcast, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Cool. Pog, uh, let's jump into the new news. Um, I can't. We, we were talking about this on the before the show, right? We didn't yeah, say it yeah. on the show already. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but Ryo will be um, donating money to Ukraine with the uh, Ukrainian-Russian war that's that's going on uh, <laughs> between the uh, the dates of March fifth to March twelfth. All battle pass sales in Valorant, Legends of Runeterra, and TFT, plus the uh, plus Wild Rift and the beeline skin from league of legends the donation or the the proceeds from that in some part will be going to to ukraine um which is really cool uh there's the state of competitive that they've released where they talk about uh queue times being really low autofill time or autofill percentage time being extremely low uh, probably the lowest it's ever been. Yeah. Um, and then they talk about the removal of duo queue in solo yeah. queue. Yeah. Uh, and the transition of flex queue to me to to being anything more than one. Um, and and that's sort of the biggest like uh, uh, news of this particular release. Do you guys have any any feelings about this? Yeah. So they, they haven't said they're going to remove duo queue. They're just saying that they're mm-hmm. looking at it and. My initial thoughts were, fuck, that sucks. I like playing with my friends. And I feel like that's the, I guess, like, face value take for a lot of it. Mm -hmm. That being said, the more you read into the article, it really does seem like they're considering it for the overall health of the game. Uh, And the the main things that come across this is that, first of all, duo queue makes it way harder to balance the game. Because now you have to make sure there's duo queue parity on both teams, which makes the MMRs of the game wildly different, which makes the win win rate, like, percentage advantage on each team, like, out of whack. It does all these things. And it also makes it so that flex queue uh, is even less popular of a queue. Mm-hmm. They're blaming this as, like, it seems like they're blaming more like a one-to-one type thing, but I don't think it's actually a one-to-one conversion. But uh, they look at it as the least populated flex queue type is three man queues. If you if you queue three man, you have the longest queue times. It's seven minutes average for uh, three man queues, mm-hmm. um, which well it makes sense because you have to either find two solo players or a duo, and both those are another queue type in the game, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're playing yeah. by yourself, you're gonna be playing solo queue. If you're gonna play if you're playing with a friend, you're gonna be playing duo queue. So you're trying to find this like unicorn when you're playing flex queue with three people and removing duo queue will then make it so that if you want to play with your buddy, you have to play flex queue, which then fixes this issue and then hopefully brings more people to flex queue and makes that a more popular queue. Less people think of it as a joke. And it's actually like a queue that isn't just fucking terrible to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then right. Like, and then you maybe play more, even if you are playing alone, you might still play flex queue because that's where your rank is and what you have, yeah. right? It's like, I'm not going to play 70 games to get my solo queue rank up because of the 100 games I've played this season, like 85 of them are with a duo or more, mm-hmm. right? So I, I, I definitely could buy, I, you know, I, I buy that aspect of it, that yeah. like it'll help flex queue times be faster and probably better quality games. Yeah, I think that's only the, the only um, sort of logical conclusion you can you can get from that. Yeah, I don't think it's completely one to one. Like, I don't think yeah, I, removing I duo queue makes flex queue immediately a better queue by any means. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't fix it overnight. But I think that that's a viable reason to remove duo queue. Like, without the its own issues of like duo queue being a thing that actually makes MR and autofill and all these other things worse for the game, right? Yeah. Um, also, like the, another thing they mentioned, which I think is crazy, I've never seen them ever talk about stuff like this. Is they were like, "Hey, if we remove duo queue, it removes people getting boosted." Like, obviously, like, there's the boosting industry of getting someone to 
play on your account, but like mm-hmm. the paying someone or playing with somebody who's just better than you and getting them to boost you, it removes this. And I've never seen Riot mention boosting in an official post, I don't think. So this is kind of interesting to me. Huh. That's uh that is really interesting. I um, yeah, but I sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was gonna I was just gonna say something useless. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all right. Um uh, yeah, I I mean I think that's a that's a really I think they're doing it for the right reason. So if they do it at all, I think it'll be fine. Um, but I, I don't know. The game is, I, I think, pretty obviously more fun if you are able to play with someone else. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I would definitely be disappointed if um, uh, the duo queue was removed. I would very much be disappointed if duo queue was removed and then within, like, say, three to six months, flex queue was, was still seen as a joke queue. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. Because if, if duo queue is removed and, like, I don't know, we want to play a game, Nick, and we're like, oh, we'll just play flex queue together because this is the other ranked queue, then I, I think yeah. that's absolutely fine. Like, there's mm-hmm. no issues there at all. It's just if duo queues are removed and then it feels like we have no way to play ranked with our friends, then it feels like you've yeah. only created more issues. The, the only thing, I guess, that to me that's, you know, un- unfortunate about that scenario is, right, like, we then have to be the same flex rank and like the quality of games could vary where i mean i think it'll be better than it is today probably because there'll be more people playing it and people taking it a little bit more seriously but even just like oh i want to you know play a a game with aiden and Mm -hmm. nick and quinn and trevor like okay so we're all trying to rank up our solo queue but we also have to keep our flex queue close enough that like we can get into a game and like not have restrictions there but like i don't want to put in a bunch of solo games to like get my flex to the same level as the team if that's like like it's interesting because like currently flex has zero restrictions on it um it uses the same thing as clash where it like averages Mm -hmm. them out obviously higher weight on like higher elo people that being said i feel like that's part of the reason why it's not seen as a serious queue and i wonder that if it becomes a more serious queue they'll actually add restrictions again it's very interesting it's like a lot of like just theoretical stuff um mm-hmm. but i think as long as they're like giving us why they're thinking about doing these things i think i i'd be down to try anything they want uh to go yeah. for yeah, yeah i think i would too i think it's um i think it's really interesting uh i do think it would lead to a healthier um like ranked uh yeah. experience um but it is one of those things that like it's been such a such a I don't know, important aspect of ranked for such a long time is, is being able to do it that like, would it even be, mm-hmm. you know, the same game, I guess, if, if you mm-hmm. weren't. Yeah. I mean, there, it's, it's, there's so many considerations, but one of the things I just thought of, which is like, Oh, thank God is that if I'm queuing solo, I never ever have to deal with people being like, give me mid, I'm duo with the jungler. You yeah, have to give me my role. Or like the inting bot lane classic where it's like duo bot lane, 0 and 10. Mm-hmm. Or, or the right. thing where like you and one person are beefing a little bit and there's just this random person who doesn't seem to be involved, but they're just mad at you the entire time. And it's like, oh, this person's very obviously duo yeah. cute at the person that I'm beefing with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're just like, would you have five random people in the game? That's, That's really the thing. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, for sure. Um, and they also just talk about some other Q health things. Um, it's just like, these are more theoretical things. Like if we're going to remove duo Q and it's going to hopefully make flex Q better, what can we do for our other Qs? And they talk about stuff like um, for blind pick, what if for blind pick you could lock in your character before you get into champion select? So like for blind pick, because there's no bans and then both teams can pick whatever they want, hmm. you could just lock in for this scenario, lock in new character, you automatically get new character. Maybe your queue's longer because it's trying to put you in games where people haven't locked in new character yet, um, but you're going to get that character. And that's that's a cool idea, right? Like, that would make me maybe want to play blind pick because then you guarantee you get the character that you want for the role that you want every mm-hmm. game. Yeah, I think that that would be really, really good for, like, new champion releases. Like, obviously, it'd be overloaded at the start yeah. where a new character comes out and, like, you've got, uh, you know, half the server queuing to play Zeri, and then everyone else is just, like, struggling to get filled into a game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's cool, though. Like, and then they just mentioned, yeah. like, little things like, um, could aspects of Champion's queue be inter- integrated into other, like, queues? Which I don't fully understand what that would mean. Like, maybe they mean, They're like... They're going to switch League of Legends to an invite-only model. Yeah, like that Every one doesn't really player. make sense. And the the only other thing they bring up is that uh, could aspects of like the strategic aspects of Clash be expand, uh, extended into other games, uh, other game modes, which to me reads as like the scouting part. Like maybe you could see the other team's account Ooh. names or something like that and you could scout and mm-hmm. look up what they're playing. But I don't like these. These are things that are way down the pipeline if they're going to happen. It's just cool that Riot's at least thinking about them. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One sure. thing that I think like i don't i don't i don't think that this is ever what they would do because it's not even really how clash works but like mm-hmm. it would be i think really really fun to be able to queue up for like a, a best of three that'd be pretty where, sick where, mm, that right where it's cool, like yeah. or like even if it's just just three games every time or something but it's just like you know you get the same team and play against the same team right so it's like okay because like you can you know right in, in today's league of legends you can scout the enemy team during the load screen to see like okay do they pick what they're good at mm-hmm. do they have experience in what they're playing are they actually a jungle main whatever it might be um so if they wanted to add that to the beginning of the game where it's like you can know who you're playing against like you could have some strategy there in target banning or stuff like that um, but I think to me, one of the most fun aspects of like tournament play is knowing that you're going to play against a team again mm-hmm. and adapting to that on the fly. Yeah, right? for like, sure. We, we lost that game because they played hard through bot lane and we didn't have what we needed to respond to it. Mm-hmm. Like, right. So like, um, how, how are we going to change our approach? Like, I know this doesn't work. Like for those who haven't played league, I've only played league for like a year or two. There used to be a mode in league called ranked fives where you had to queue as five mans. What if ranked fives is still in the game, Colton? And for your promotion series from like gold to plat or plat to diamond or diamond to master, you had to queue up for like a best of five. Ooh. And you have to queue up into another team that's getting promoted to that ELO. Hmm. How sick would that be? So it's like, okay, you queue up, uh, you set the time that you want to play. Like, I want to play Friday night at 8 o'clock start. And you play against another team that's also trying to promote to Diamond. How that would fucking be really, sick really would cool. Be? I like that. That would be fun. I think it oh. would be impossible, impossible mm-hmm. to implement, but it seems Yeah, really for cool. sure. It's just like, it's like stuff like that, like, it makes you go, fuck, th- this game could be so fucking cool. <laughs> but 
yeah anyways it's just cool that they're thinking about stuff like this it's cool that they share their thoughts of stuff um i know a lot of people are very upset that they're thinking about removing duo queue because a lot of people only play the game with their friends yeah um but the way that you guys should think about it is that have faith in the game that you play so much in the fact that if they remove duo queue have faith that uh, flex key will become a better mode where you can play with any number of friends you want and it will be still yeah. counted as a equal ranked mode mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or like even even if it doesn't yeah. like if it crashes and burns miserably yeah they'll probably just revert it yeah right like if if they get rid of duo queue and then you know flex doesn't get any better or even maybe gets worse and everyone's complaining like they'll, they'll probably just put duo back in yeah yeah, like Riot very much understands duos like is very enjoyable. People like it, and they understand it also gives a huge advantage because that's why it's been removed from Master Grandmaster Challenger for a reason. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Let them experiment. I, I I honestly trust the game that I play so much. <laughs> so yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah, that's, I agree. That's kind of it. Nice. Um, moving along. Um, oh, is that the, that's the end of? Yeah, that's yeah, all the, the news, news for this week. I didn't expect the state of competitive to be that long. Uh, <laughs> but I, I mean in terms of like what we have written down yeah uh yeah no stories please leave us five stars on a platform that'll let you do that and we'll we'll read it on the show um and that takes us to our ad read from manscaped splish splash nick i was taking another bath another one <laughs> another one and i noticed that i still have beautiful balls thanks to our friends at manscaped the global leaders in below the waist hygiene uh, and they are turning men's shower dreams into their favorite routine with the all-new premium collection. This all-in-one hygiene skin and hair bundle is designed to upgrade the everyday man's shower routine from head to toe. Your skin, hair, and of course, balls deserve this. Save big by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code LEAGUECAST. Now, let me walk you through this new routine with the Mm -hmm. Ultra Premium Collection. You're going to lather up the cologne-infused Ultra Premium Body Wash. It's got aloe vera. It's got sea salt. It smells great, and it comes in a hefty bottle where if you get invaded in your home, you can just (laughs) grab it while you're in the shower and just bonk that guy over the head. You'll feel like a trundle top OTP. True. It is quite beefy. Step two, hair care time. Get the two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. Cleanses and nourishes in one easy step. Non-greasy formula has a base of coconut water. Nick, you like coconut water, right? I do. It's also got green tea, uh, turmeric, and sage. Do you like turmeric and sage? I do like turmeric and sage. Uh, you can apply this to your armpits and pubic region too, not just your head hair. You can put it on your armpit hair. You can put it on your back hair. You can mm-hmm. put it on your leg hair, any hair you want. Um, and get get on out of the shower. Get that protect yourself from body odor with the deodorant. If you have some dry skin, use that moisturizer spray. And of course, you can use the new lip balm, which is a free gift with the new Ultra Premium Collection. All of which you can get for twenty percent off at Manscaped.com. Again, 20% off and free shipping with the code LEADCAST at manscaped.com. It's time to get wet and clean with your new Manscaped shower routine. Thank awesome. you, Thank you so much, Manscaped. Thank you so much, Manscaped. sponsoring us once again. Aiden, do you want to tell us about managing our mana? <laughs> yeah, so I, got, I came up with this game, uh, game mode because I was listening to a video and someone was like, can you believe this character has X mana cost in their ability? And I'm like, wow, I cannot believe that, actually. <laughs> so I'm like, I should make up a game. And then I came up with this game where... So the idea is I'm going to go through 
champion mana cost based on the level of the ability. You guys are going to tell me what the Ooh. mana cost is, and you're starting with 100 HP, and you lose one point of HP for every point of mana that you're off from the, oh, the ability. <laughs> okay. And we'll go until whoever runs out. And if you get it, if you get perfectly on what it is, okay. I'll give you back 20 of your HP. Um, but okay. so uh, give us uh, back how much? The, I'm sorry. So I'll give you back 20 if you get it Ooh, right on. Um, okay. And you guys start with 100. Um, yeah. And so whoever has the higher HP is going to go first so that they can't just camp like the oh, I see. same mana cost or whatever. But uh, for the first one, you guys will just both go. I'm, I'm not expecting you guys to camp each other for the first one, so okay. it's fine. So the first one is, what does Ezreal Q at level 1 cost? Um, I'll say 50. 36. Colton, you said 50? Yeah. And Nick said 36. Mm -hmm. uh, it is 28 mana. Oh. Uh, so, Nick, you were off by 12. So, you're down to 88. <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. I'm off by 8. You're off by 8, which brings you down to 92. <laughs> and Colton is off by uh, 22, which brings yeah. him down to 78. I, I uh, wanted to go real high, even though I knew it wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, next one is Echo Level 1 W. How much does Echo Level 1 W cost, Nick? Uh, I'll say 50. Colton. Um, I'm going to say 70. <laughs> it costs 30 mana. That is the ability oh that got me to make this game, by the way. Wow. Uh, oh <laughs> it is a cheap fucking ability. So, uh, Colton, wow. you lose 40 points. You're down to 38 already <laughs> HP. Hell um, yeah. Well, no, you're down stop. To 72. <laughs> uh, this okay. one is a little bit of an easier one. Um, Nick, what does Blitzcrank Q at level 5 cost? At level 5? Oh, God. Um... At rank five, sorry, like not, yeah, like not yeah, blisters. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember if it goes up or down. I'm just gonna go 100. Colton. I think it goes down, but I think it starts at like 120, so I'm gonna say 90. It does not move at all. It starts at 100, ends at 100. Nick, you get 20 oh, health back. Uh, Colton, you lose 10, you're down to 28 health. <laughs> nice. I'm so good at this game. <laughs> Um, how, how this many one, of these uh, do you have? Can I donate some life life points? Th there's literally I have like as many as we need, so I can do this. Another oh, okay. Rank as well, I see. So, no, right, like, no, don't worry. Okay. I just went through a shitload of characters. Okay, gotcha. Um, this one is a cult character Colton actually plays, so hopefully he has Ooh. this one. Nick, how much does rank three Amumu ultimate cost? Uh, one seventy five. Colton, I believe it's one hundred and fifty. It is 200 mana. Fuck. <laughs> I'm <So>. dead! <laughs> no. already dead. Um, Nick, Nick, you win with like, uh, like I don't know, like 70 points or whatever. That's tragic. Um, cool. Uh, do you want to just do like my last like fun one that yeah. I wanted? Because I thought yeah. we'd only get through five before someone would die. We only got through four. Um, but just like mm -hmm. the, 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 this is the, the real one that matters. How much does Kogma R cost after 10 casts, which is its cap? Um... <laughs> 600 dang i was gonna say 600 i'll, I'll go 800 it's 400 it caps at uh 400 it. mana it's plus 40 for every single one um oh i thought but, it scaled oh that's cast and ult, i think yeah dang cool uh yeah so nick you're the winner you're better at managing your mana uh Hoggers, but yeah we'll do clearly. that another week because i have a, i have like a lot more of these so we'll do that again <laughs> it's also really easy to do actually yeah, it's a pretty easy one <laughs> yeah i also nice. thought that which I guess, I, with, with how far off I was, I, I guess maybe they were, but like, I thought there were going to be ones that were like, really outrageous, where you're like, mm -hmm. holy shit, that costs that. 
I mean, the Echo one's probably the, like, craziest, like, the only outrageous one, because it's 30 and it yeah. feels like it's, like, an 80 mana ability sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, mm-hmm. And then I guess the movement ult is a little bit crazy, because I think it's the only ultimate in the game, or there's maybe, like, one or two that doesn't cost 100 mana, so. Yeah, it's 200, so dumb. Yeah. But yeah, Man, cool. mana, uh, mana costs are not fucking consistent in this game. They're fucking wild. Not at all. Anyway. Uh, and, yeah. Anyways, want to move on to the roundtable section? Let's do it. Yeah, so last week's question was, uh, what removed item would you bring back to current day League of Legends, or what current item would you bring to early seasons of League of Legends? We got actually a shitload of awesome answers. By the way, there was like 700 answers for Gunblade. Um, p- apparently people want Gunblade back, so... <laughs> Gunblade's fucking busted, dude. Yeah. Um, from our Twitter, Tanera said, not gonna lie, I kind of miss Rod of Ages, yet yeah, took forever to come online, but it was fun. I agree, I miss it. Randy said, I want Shiv... Uh, I want Shiv back, but fucking imagine Hallbreaker champs with Spear Shoji. <laughs> oh. Um, and then Dennis said, Twin Shadows and Static Shiv were fun, uh, unique items. I agree. From our Discord, Sharko said, I miss Adaptive Helm so much. I miss having a really good defensive item on my thick boys. Rod of Ages also is missed um, because of the sustain and scaling. Dude, Adaptive Helm was one of the best designed items in the league, I think, but it's gone. Yeah, I would agree. Just hard counter poison characters. <laughs> um, next set, uh, Walford said, I would love to see an Anathema's chains back in early seasons. Feral Flare meta, Anathema's. Deathfire abusers, Anathema's. Stacking item uh, abuse, Leviathan's throat, as he called, Anathema's. Funnel strategies, Anathema's. Anathema's is the ultimate counter to all those annoying metas. I agree. I, th- I think that's actually a really good way of putting it. <laughs> like... Um, and then our last couple answers, one from Armis, he said, it's probably a bit odd, but I'd bring back the support items from, uh, from now into early game league when supports used to have, uh, used to be a sack of gold, uh, and wards. Hmm. I want to see how the meta would change if supports had actual income to buy items with and didn't have to spend all their money on wards. I think that's like one of the most unique, well thought out answers to be honest. Yeah, I think so too. Because early day, early day support in league kind of blew, so. It was the worst. It sucked so hard. (laughs) I want them to bring back. Just the old recipe for Guardian Angel, where it's just a cloth armor and a Negatron cloak, and that's all you armor yeah, magic resist and revive. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and the last answer is from uh, Ben, who says, "Will the Ancients Omnivamp before it was cool?" Uh, yeah, I, I think I think Will the Ancients is fucking crazy. But if you want to hear us talk more about um, old items, you'll listen to our Patreon episode, which comes out later this month for one dollar yeah. on our Patreon. So, this week's question Congress. though is we've already kind of talked about this a little bit it's more for our community uh uh do you think riot should end up removing duo q and why uh, if you just want to give like a quick summary because we obviously talked about it a little yeah. bit earlier um i'm still kind of wishy-washy on it uh, mm-hmm. you know what i'll say no i think it's one of the few things that um the majority of people in like actually like about mm-hmm. solo q and, and solo duo q um so no i i think it i think it should stay yeah i think that's fair colton um, you know, I, I, based on our conversation, I, I would be fine with it. Um, as someone who plays a majority of the time solo, like it, it would be irritating because you do want a new duo every now and then, but I would really love for flex Q to matter more and for mm-hmm. me to be able to like, not feel bad about playing flex as a one man or a two man. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, because like that, that I think is what that would hopefully achieve is that I could play flex and not feel bad about it. 
And so then I could, like, get to Diamond in solo queue, let's say, and then just play a bunch of, like, flex games also in Diamond, maybe and try and, like, push Master or whatever. Yeah. As a, right, where, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm for it, I think. Yeah, I, I think I was originally not for it, but I kind of, like, have thought about it a lot more. Um, I just think that I, I really do trust Riot to make the right call, and if they do remove it, I think flex queue could just be a really fun queue to, uh, queue to play with my friends. Um, right fair. now it feels like we only play flex when we want a duo and someone else goes, Hey, I want to play as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like that's the true. only time yeah. you ever play flex. And then you get one other person, you go, okay, now our queue time seven minutes. So then you try to find another person. Mm-hmm. Now you can't queue because you have four people. So then you have to find another person to actually queue with five people. It's yeah. Like, and it's, and it's like not serious games for the most part. Like you play 10 games of flex you you like hard stomp four of them you get stomped three of them and you get like three decent competitive games yeah exactly like yeah. fucking seven of the games are versus not pre-mades when you're a full pre-made a bunch of them versus challenger teams <laughs> like it's, it's just so weird um but yeah I, I i think that'd be good so let us know if you think riot should end up removing duo queue hit us up on our facebook uh, or twitter at leakcast send us an email mail leakcastpodcast.com or come into our discord and post in our roundtable section that's discord.gg slash leakcast Pog, we're moving into mail fight. The first email is from Max and Mox. Hello, Leecast friends. What it do? It's your boy Max and Mox with a, another email. I'm writing this email to ask top laner. Wait, did we do this one already? No, I don't think I so. I can't remember. Okay, why do you do no? this? I mean, I'm writing this. I thought I remember this from last week. <laughs> Uh, I'm writing this email to ask top laners this question. Why do you do this to yourself? I recently started another alt account for a top lane, only deciding that I wanted to main Fiora, Nar, and Kled because no one knows how to play oh, them. We didn't against do this last week. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah. I think it was like he, he sent it in like right as we were doing the show, so I didn't think we got it. But yeah. Okay. Because yeah, we talked about yeah the fact that... Uh, yeah. Anyways, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Max. Thanks. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, yeah, thanks, Max. I even said his name properly twice. Uh, our first actual email is from Skep, and he says, Hello, Smeegcast. It's me, Skep, coming at you with a quick little email about finding enjoyment in League and playing consistently. League is probably one of my most played and one of my favorite games that I have ever played, but I struggle playing solo. I really want to rank up and to improve at League, uh, but most of the time I would be playing ranked by myself, so I never really end up playing ranked as much uh, as I would like to. I don't really know why I end up doing this, but I always end up staring at the lobby screen instead of actually playing. How do you guys deal with playing solo if you have similar problems? Secondly, I still have a problem committing to only one champion, but I have gotten used to this and I am now more comfortable playing multiple roles slash champions. I really only have a problem with playing consistently across all of them that I play. How should I slash how can I get better at playing more consistently at them? Thirdly, Uh, I don't get mad at League anymore, and instead I get mad at Valorant. Valorant is the only game I have ever played in my life where I've actually broken something because I was so mad. Rip spacebar N and B key. So so what if I told you we also read that email last week? No (laughs) way. Um, Yeah, we absolutely did. And you you commended him on his precision for only hitting those I did. Oh, God, I remember that. So the emails I'm highlighting are all... So I I thought we recorded the podcast on the 28th, but we recorded Uh, on the 1st, which is why all these ones uh, we've already done. So uh, yeah, uh, Ah. thanks for your email being read again. Um, Hey, Skev, you got a a double shout out. Uh, See advice from last week. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sorry about that. For for real this time, email from Steven. Yeah, our first actual real true email is from Steven. Uh, I have a more of a life advice question today. Sorry, I don't know where else to... F- Why didn't you guys stop me, by the way? 
<laughs> I, I think Nick could see Aiden. I could hear Aiden chuckling because I think he saw me like shaking my head like, nope, we did this one already. <laughs> okay. I just went through our email and I wanted to double check and I like then checked the calendar and I started laughing. Oh, gotcha. Uh, okay. I'm just yeah. dumb. Sorry. Okay. Starting over with Stevens. I have more of a life question, advice question today. Sorry, but I don't know where else to find people with all three. One, gaming addiction. Two, stable relationship experience. Three, a shred of emotional intelligence. Uh, I, <laughs> I appreciate you saying that we have all of those, I guess. Um, interesting thoughts. Interesting thoughts. Uh, I find that I have a lot less free time between having cats living with my partner and all the things I've always had to do. It's harder to spend time with friends like I used to. Not that my partner is being toxic and demanding all my time, uh, but I'm not <laughs> going to ignore her all night and make her do all the chores. Gamers, that's not poggers. Time budgeting is hard, so I'm curious if you have any tips for balancing life, friends, and a gaming addiction, Steven. Yeah, it's really easy. Question. You just don't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> how much how much better would life be if you didn't sleep actually though? Yeah. You just like, okay, I'm I'm dedicating myself to just like chilling and that'll recharge me. That'd be so yeah. that'd be poggers. I mean I think the reality is that you just weigh your stuff. Like I, I think all of us overall very much realize that the gaming part of that is the least important by yeah. a lot. Um yeah. and like it's... I don't know. I, I, I played a shitload of Elden Ring this week or this past week, but I played zero league, right? Because I'm not going to play as much league as I normally play and then play other stuff. I budget the amount of time that I'm going to spend on games. And if I want to do other stuff, I'll do those other things and just play less league. I, I, I just very easily am down to drop playing video games if it means I'm doing other stuff that's like more important to me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I think like budgeting is, you know, really good, but it is difficult. I think mm -hmm. for me, like I... I like having a schedule and like scheduling most of my like social interaction because that allows me to know like if I don't have something scheduled then it's like downtime and I like can play games or something right mm -hmm. it's like I've got the podcast Tuesday nights like Wednesday nights we're doing a Marvel movie watch through right now Friday nights mm. I've got D&D Saturday nights movie nights so it's like if I don't have something else happening it's like I'll plan stuff with other friends that's more, you know, intermittent. Um, outside of that, I would say one big thing for me, especially with League, is, like, take 15 minutes between games. <laughs> like, that, especially, like, you, you mentioned chores, because I think that's a big one, where it's, like, for the most part, Rachel does most of the cleaning, and then I do, like, I'm, I'm, I always do, like, the dishes. Um, and I'll normally, like, take out the trash, where it's, like, yeah, okay, I, I just finished a game. Like, I can queue right up for the next one, or I can go do the dishes, like, or I could take out the trash, or I could, you know, like, you can finish one task quickly, right? Like, you could mm -hmm. vacuum a room, or, you know, you could pack up something. Like, you can very easily do that between games without, like, interrupting your session. Mm -hmm. But it's very easy to just, like, sink and lose, like, an entire evening to League. Whereas you could have like finished three or four other things if you just took like a ten minute break between games. Yeah, um, I I just think it's a, a little challenging. I think the I mean the single best thing to do is just communicate. Um, if you are if you want to play games, communicate that, and you know I'm sure your partner would be more receptive to to, to doing that. Mm -hmm. um, an alternative is I, I mean I'm finding myself doing this if I'm ever. If I'm ever not playing League, but I want to play something, I'll take my computer outside the living room and hook it up to the TV, and we'll just like hang out together. Um, where like I still get to to game and spend some time doing that. Um, but you know, I'm also hanging out on the couch, like and and we're having a good time, just like chilling. 
Um, so I, I don't know, something like that. You could also get her involved in gaming if she's interested at all. Um, find the, the right type of game for her and then maybe expand that to other types that you guys enjoy playing together. But uh, good luck with that. There's definitely not you, a... Sorry, go ahead. I, I just want to say, I think you nailed it with like, the couch thing, by the way. I, that's part of the reason why I've been enjoying playing so many like, console games like on the TV. It's just like, yeah. out in the living room, just like not shut into my room or whatever, which I think is yeah, just I nice. Think that's like such a big part of League is like it's so isolating that mm-hmm. like un- unless you're in like a discord room with people like with a full five stack you know it really is kind of a like a really like solo thing to do even if you do end up um doing with someone it's 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 a very like isolating thing to play League of yeah Legends. that's like, specifically. that's that's for sure yeah that, that's something that i've definitely like experienced because I, I think with your guys examples of like playing a game like elden ring or mm-hmm. Like, whatever it is, whatever game you're playing, League is so demanding of, like, your attention. Yeah. And you need to be constantly, like, focused on it. So if if I'm playing solo queue, seriously, and especially if I'm, like, in a channel with a a duo Mm -hmm. and we're, like, having a conversation while it's, like, I, I don't have the attention span to, like, acknowledge or interact with anything else. But if I'm just, like, sitting there playing, you know, Binding of Isaac is another game that I like, right? Like, yeah. I can goof around with Binding of Isaac. Like, I, can, I can pause it, whatever, um, have a conversation or stop to help with something. But it's like, yeah, with League, you're, especially ranked League, it's like you're kind of dedicating that you're locked in for that 30, 45 minutes. And that can definitely be tough when there's, you know, somebody else who's trying to get your attention or have a conversation mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. And I think getting them involved in, in like playing games is a, is a huge aspect of it too. My, my girlfriend really had never played like games before, um, before we, we began dating. Uh, but I mean, since then we've, we've played through a, a ton of like single player slash like co- couch co-op games. Um, I, I, we got a switch and that was like pretty game changing. We played through, I mean, Luigi's Mansion three was a, a really mm-hmm. sick game to play with another person, uh, played through like Pikmin three, which has a co-op story mode, which has been like a ton of fun. Um, just stuff like that. That's not like super serious, but it's still a fun way to, to get to do those things, uh, you know, with your partner. But yeah. Good luck, Steven. Let us know how it goes. All right, next email is from Pards. Hey, Leadcast, it's Pards. I had an actual question regarding gaming in general that led me to thinking about communities. This week I witnessed on Twitter people getting dunked on for stating their opinion, which I share, that games should have difficulty sliders. They were talking about Elden Ring in particular. I think that every game should have a difficulty option, but it seems that the Dark Souls slash Elden Ring community, or at least some vocal members, think that that's dumb and that people should just not play the game or get better at the game. With that being said, I just wanted to make some nominations for the League Cast Community Hall of Fame. We recently passed the four year anniversary of my first email to League Cast, and in that time, I would like to make my selection for the first class of the League Cast Community Hall of Fame. He's nominating Blooper. Mountain Drew, Mkefius, Red Lefty, and Lord of Sunlight. Blooper has been an all-around Chad since I've seen him around in the Discord events and even his League Cast episode appearance in which he and Kennedy <laughs> teamed up only to get bodied in the game show. 
Mountain Drew, Keefius, and Red Lefty are super nice uh, people and genuine homies. And Lord of Sunlight still holds the unofficial title of best email. I believe he wrote the email about voice chat and the pros and cons of including it in the game. I encourage everyone to go back and listen to that episode if you haven't simply for the email alone. What are some of your favorite experiences that y'all have had that are community slash league cast related parts? Um, hmm. So let's, I think, start with just the first question of like, should games have difficulty sliders? I imagine all three of us are on the same page of yes. Yeah. Difficulty sliders makes games more accessible to larger groups of people, makes the game more customizable to the experience you want to have. Like, the only thing taking it away does is empowers people who are trying to, like, gatekeep the gaming community. Yeah. The only thing it changes is that some people feel like their accomplishments mean less because other people did something easier which it, uh, it's still so crazy to me <laughs> like, i've never understood that argument but yeah i think just accessibility in general is like always like a good thing like dark souls is a really good example of like a game where it really just is a very challenging game that requires you to do better and get better and maybe there doesn't need to be a easy slider but there needs to be options to make the game more accessible at the very least i think you know what i mean and like, yeah truthfully like accessibility is like obvious like you should be able to write rebind controls for every game in the fucking oh, world facts, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's an easy True. one but like and then mm-hmm. difficulties like I, i'm someone who thinks that either probably should be a difficulty slider in anything because i think people should just be, ex- be able to experience media in like any way they want um yeah and but i at least understand certain... the other side of that argument for that one sorry yeah right like i don't <laughs> There, there doesn't need to be like an, an ultra easy mode. Like you can make a hard game, and the only way to play it is still difficult. Mm-hmm. But again, like I think a lot of games are, you know, built in a way that there can be multiple difficulties, and for a lot of people, the hardest difficulty makes the game less enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, there's also like the huge genre of any PvP game is not going to really have a, a difficulty slider. Like, okay, I, you can't put a difficulty slider on Tekken unless you're fighting AI. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or, or unless, like, you're doing some weird thing where, like, in League of Legends, if I play on easy, every character only has one ability and there's only 10 characters in the game. And at that point, that's a different game to me. Like, um, I, I just think the best example, Colton, is, like, uh, Celeste. I'm not sure if either of you have played Celeste, but Celeste is a very fucking hard platforming game. Really fucking hard. Like, and it is really respected as a very challenging platforming game. Um, you know what? It has some of the best fucking accessibility options in any game I've ever seen. You can adjust the game speed to, like, slow it down a shitload. You can uh, change your stamina to, like, infinite. You can change the number of dashes you have in the air. You can change it so that when you dash in midair, it freezes the game to allow you to, like, then do your next dash in midair. You can change on invincibility. You can skip levels if you're too, if you're if you find them too difficult. And guess what? Everyone who plays that fucking game who, like, speedruns it or really enjoys the difficulty of it, they just don't use those. <laughs> like, yeah. But, like, it makes it so other people feel like they can't get through the game. Like, I don't know. It feels so weird that people are like, well, you're not actually playing the game. I, I just so, I just don't understand it. It's so weird. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something that, you know, I, I recently was listening to uh, a different podcast, uh, dear Hank and John from the guys over at Vlog brothers. And they were talking about video games and they were like responding to an email from someone who's like, I'm pretty bad at video games in general. And I feel like a fake gamer because of it. 
and they they kind of went to a, a discussion about how like your consumption of the game and the game itself is like a joint venture between the developer and the player like your experience of the game whoever you are however you play it matters a lot and you know how you choose to play a game whether it be on easy or the hardest difficulty or with invincibility on like it that's not up to anyone else and it shouldn't be yeah i just think that's my yeah accessibility in general is just fucking awesome like Uh, i really like i just want more people to experience fun games like i would love to jump in and take the opposite side where i i think like it is totally fine if developers want to create a game the (laughs) way that they want to i guess and have players experience it from that perspective Mm -hmm. um I, i think like for the most part accessibility i mean obviously accessibility is good in pretty much every single scenario but i do think there's something special about like specifically with souls games saying like I beat Dark Souls, right? Like, I beat Elden Ring. I beat Sekiro. I beat Bloodborne. I, I think there's, like, something really special about saying that is, like, as another person who has played games, uh, played those games specifically, you can sort of, like, go through that checklist of, like, okay, they did this, 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 and this, and, like, I, I, I want to ask about specific things that were, like, really challenging for them that I know they experienced the same way that I did. Um, and I, I think it's really interesting to have those conversations. I do you think it's a little cringe to sort of alienate a large population of the of of like gamers in general um but i don't think that's like i I don't i don't know i don't think that's a bad thing in every single scenario i i think like the the vast majority of games absolutely should be accessible to every single player but i think there's special games Mm. like super meat boy like um i want to be the boshi or what was that that jumping one that everyone getting over it that that more anime getting one. over it with bennett foddy yeah there was another one where you jump as a knight um that a lot of streamers <laughs> are playing like i think there's really cool mm-hmm. like cultural phenomenons like that that are like such a challenging experience that even just beating it is a it like is recognition in a in and of itself um so i i don't know as someone who really truly enjoys the difficulty of souls games i think my personal experience with the the souls like series would be diminished by there being a difficulty slider um but i can understand that being extremely frustrating for a lot of a lot of players and a complete turnoff for an entire like you know category of games that have spawned because of because of what the Souls series is mm-hmm. um and and i don't think that's necessarily a good thing yeah i i i guess I don't want to see that every single game should have one because yeah, I'm not like completely on that side of it. Um, I think a lot of games should, and that again, like the the gatekeeping aspect of it sucks. But I, I I'm with you that there is for a lot of games like part of this game is just that it's really difficult, yeah. and that everybody experiences the same challenge the same way, like that you know. Like, there, yeah, there it, is a lot there. It is interesting because I, I agree with like the Boshi like example or like the games that are just designed to be just hard mm-hmm. as fuck games, yeah. like sort of thing, like getting over or whatever. Um, but I also completely disagree for like like Souls games and stuff like that. I think those games could have like difficulty things and I feel so, like it shouldn't take away from your own achievements and stuff like that. So um, it, if anything, I think it would just make more people enjoy those games and uh, have discussion about them. But I think that's sort of what like 
what the soul series was intended to be from the very beginning was something that was extremely challenging, extremely like deep. If you're willing to put in the effort, extremely rewarding, if you're you know willing to put in the effort. And then it sort of just spawned into a triple A like game from a triple A company. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas like the Boshi is getting, you know, a pass I'll, I'll, I'll say in quotes, you know, because it is a smaller title that only a couple, a couple uh, probably thousand people have played and, and, probably an even smaller portion of that have ever beaten. Um, so I, I don't know. I think like, I think for certain things, it's okay. If that's the intention of the developers, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. Um, but I, I would stand by like, generally speaking, games should be accessible to every single person. Generally yeah, speaking. Th- I mean, accessibility is like a fucking, yeah, for it, sure. it's crazy. Like for sure. That games don't have keybind re maps and shit like that still yeah like that's fucking insanity I mean. no i and i'm that that level of accessibility is absolutely like ridiculous it, especially i think especially on a pc game if you are a pc game and you can't change controls like it is like unforgivable to be honest um yeah. i just like accessibility is becoming a bigger thing like uh, my favorite accessibility thing from last year was um have you heard of the game grounded it's like an open sandbox no. game but like you're in the back you're in like a backyard but you're like little tiny people mm-hmm. so like it's like obviously there's like huge spiders and shit like that so they have a an arachnophobia uh, accessibility <laughs> option so like if you're scared of spiders you can change the slider and the more you change it the less they look like spiders that's so funny what, <laughs> what's like, the like fucking... ultimate what's the ultimate like non-spider they're What's just that? like blo- there's like big circles like pretty well. like, you know what i mean <laughs> okay uh, but it's like that's that's like a really cool thing because like there probably are people that would like to play a game like this but are just scared of spiders yeah yeah i, mm. I get this is a really good example and i'll take the other side again just just as like a double mm-hmm. advocate like d- i don't think that should take away from developers who want to make games about spiders though yeah for sure you know and if those games do become popular and it is a little like off-putting to people who don't like spiders, I don't think that's necessarily like the worst thing in the world. <laughs> as long as it's like accessibility like that, I suppose, and not like... Yeah, it's more optional accessibility for sure. Yeah, something more that's like <sighs> discriminatory, I guess, would be obviously completely unforgivable. Or like text and UI not being big enough for like people who are like... Yeah, hard yeah or yeah, a exactly. game having like exclusively audio or visual cues or like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know not uh, you know having visuals that if you were colorblind yeah. would be very bad not having a colorblind mode like mm-hmm. stuff like that i i'm definitely again with you nick that yeah it's like it's it's cool that that game has an option to make spiders not look like spiders but if if my game is about spiders like there there's going to be spiders in the game and as you know as much as i want anyone to be able to play my game like hey if you get is creeped out by spiders probably just not the game for you yeah there are a bunch of other games that you can play and it it sucks that like elden ring specifically i think has become like such a big part of like gaming culture at the very moment that you know it is going to be a lot of like really off-putting to people who'd be like okay i've heard of dark souls before but you know i'm i I never was really interested I'll, i'll get into elden ring and then they they experience the difficulty curve that is a FromSoft game and and it's totally off putting I, like once again I, and I, I agree that like it's supposed to be a hard game and I think it's a lot of the enjoyment but I do think there are like ways to make games more accessible that make them easier without just making them like an easy mode or whatever like mm-hmm. I think an easy thing for like a Dark Souls game which once again makes it an easier game and don't get me wrong and I understand that it takes away from it a little bit is like if something's parryable having an indicator that someone could turn on if they really, like really wanted like because maybe 
you're just like visually slightly impaired, right? You can't like see stuff and don't notice stuff as quickly. Mm-hmm. I think it would be fine if like it was like a little tiny like indicator when something could be paired. Yeah, I mean, for, like, I, I could see that. Yeah, that would be like a good way of making a game more accessible and easier without like taking away, I think, from the actual like skill and stuff of the game. I do think that is different from a difficulty slider, though. For sure. I completely yeah. agree. I'm just saying like that is a way to make a game easier and more accessible with out like truly just making it an easy mode right mm-hmm. and, and i realistically i do think elden ring has kind of done that with like spirit summons where yeah, I'm, sure. I'm not going to say they turn the game into easy mode because i think that's a, a gross like mischaracterization of, of the game itself and you can play the game however you want yeah yeah exactly you play the game however you want um but it, there is no denying that it it has made certain aspects of of certain boss fights significantly easier than they would be otherwise yeah yeah. Awesome. Um, so Thanks, on to the second part of the email, <laughs> yeah. uh, Leadcast Community Hall of Fame. Um, I mean, there's. I think there were definitely have been many other names in here yeah. that at this point we might we probably wouldn't remember. I was gonna say but I don't like, want to mention too many because I feel like once you mention enough, then you're like missing ones like specifically. Yeah. yeah right. Like there's there's a lot of people that if you had asked me, you know two years ago, four years ago, six years ago, mm-hmm. my, my list would be very different. Um, but I, mean, I think I someone like say, Zod is a great example that like, obviously is an yeah, absolutely. Like, mm-hmm. But I, I think for sure, uh, two people that need to be in the league cast community hall of fame are the guys I'm talking to right now who both started <laughs> as community members. <laughs> True. Um, so, yeah, but thanks to the email parts, like, yeah, there's yeah. tons of people in our community that have made it a better place, and we're really happy to have these people around. Awesome. I thought it was the email had a third part, but I guess not. Thank you, Pards. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, that was a really good <laughs> discussion. Uh, next email is from Senex. Hi, uh, I've been recently trying my best to get better on Aurelia, currently 125,000 mastery, and somehow have six skins for her. Uh, I've been hardstock bronze since uh, season one. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't read. Been uh, Have been hard stuck bronze because one, my teammates suck a lot of the time and I have a lot of top lane moments where you win lane and look at uh, all of the other inted lanes and just lose the game. And two, I haven't played enough uh, to balance my MMR out uh, because it's hard to find a time when I feel like playing ranked. I've also been having a hard time trying to figure out a good pocket pit pick that actually feels good to play. So far, I'm looking at Fiora, Aatrox, and Gwyn. Thoughts? That's my report that you didn't ask for, but I don't care. I just want to complain like a normal league player and ask a question to the Galaxy Brains. Also, would a Blood Moon Aurelia skin be cool? And always, uh, as always, keep up the good work. Have a great week, Cynics. Um, I, I think a Blood Moon Aurelia skin would be really cool, but I think most champions could have a Blood Moon skin and be really cool. <laughs> yeah, I think Aurelia it's... could have most skin lines and be really cool as well. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, I think a Blood Moon skin could look cool on any character, and I think Aurelia could look cool with any skin line. Yeah. She has an aviator it's... skin line, which is, like, super sick. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. Um, as for top lane and a pocket pick, I mean, of those three, I would say I think Aatrox is probably your best bet. Okay. I think Aatrox is, like, one of the strongest solo carry the game, fairly meta-proof, and ridiculously punishing if you don't know how to play against him characters. Like, mm-hmm. Aatrox, I think, has been super good in top lane since his rework. And, like, yes, Fiora can get, like, really ahead and be ridiculous. Yes, Gwen can do the same. 
But I feel like in a head Aatrox is there's just nothing you can do about it. Okay, I, I'm gonna say Fiora. I've been playing this character on my Smurf. Uh, I genuinely think she is one of the most fun characters in the game. Playing the, uh, <laughs> playing the the, I don't know what the procs are called now. Weak spot. Vitals. Vitals. Yeah, playing the vital game is is extremely fun. Uh, I have a great time doing that. Like getting the two v ones is really cool. Split pushing is always going to be a viable way to play the game, even if it's not the best way to play the game. Uh, and Fiora is essentially meta proof because she doesn't get play she has a pretty low pick rate she has a i think <laughs> negative presence in competitive um so you're you're safe there in terms of like nerfs and things like that um and she only has i, I think one like truly bad matchup in the game uh and that's poppy don't ever pick fiora into poppy aiden do you have any thoughts uh, on that? <laughs> play dumb catch. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I still think he's fine. Like, as play long as you're not, like, him. I know. I think as long as you're not playing him in high yellow, it's fine. He's still, yeah. like, high win rate, like, top lane. Like, I think as long as you're not playing him in high yellow, uh, he's still a very easy character to play, and he's very fun to play. It's just that he gets fucking punished really hard the higher yellow you get. Yeah, yeah like, I don't know. If you're playing him in, looks like, yeah, he's still like a fifty plus percent win rate character in like every elo up until master, and then wow. he goes to negative win rate. So I don't know. I still play him top. He's still really fun. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. Well, good luck, cynics. Yeah. Next email from Juicy Jays. Hey guys, been meaning to email in since Worlds, but never got around to Jeez. it. <laughs> Am I missing something? This happened more than once, but during Worlds, I noticed supports on the Yona were sometimes starting with steel shoulder guards over relic shield is this a mistake or am i just too bronze to know shout out to blacklist and everyone else listening on the oce server love the podcast juicy jays i Um, don't know someone told me a long time ago that um the ad was better on leona but i i don't believe that uh i'm looking at her her most popular starting item right now is is relic shield and it makes more sense considering all of her abilities scale with AP versus AD. Uh, but yeah. may- maybe pro players are just better at, at weaving in auto attacks than, than I am. So I, I right there's, there's a few considerations. I think there is like, depending on the number of auto attacks, like AD is always going to have the potential to scale better, right? Where it's like, if I auto attack something a hundred times versus getting one spell off, like obviously the AD is going to do more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with Leona, you can, you know, get like the E auto Q auto. So, right, like you get three auto attacks in that combo versus the whatever bonus damage you'd get from AP on your like EQW. I, I don't know which one does more damage, but I could see why there's consideration. Also, if you're like auto attacking a tower, minions, dragons, that's really helpful. So, you know, you can help do those things better without having to like burn your spells on a minion wave or on the dragon Mm -hmm. you know i wonder if it's a it's a way to better split your damage so it's harder to itemize like or it's harder to 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 optimize your runes against leona if you get if you you know if you're playing against leona she does 100 percent magic damage if she's taking relic shield uh, which is then amplified and, and reduced by magic resist. But if you spec into a little bit of it, attack damage, I don't know, you're you're mixing that a little bit. I, I guess my whole thing is that 
I think the AD is better on the starting item, like 3 AD or 5 AP. 5 AP literally does nothing. Um, 3 AD actually has a meaningful effect. But when it's fully upgraded, 1580 versus 20 AP, I think 20 AP is better than 1580 on Leona. Like, oh, I mean, I for sure. For sure. But I don't know. I think I don't like, know. If maybe early game 380 is just actually like meaningful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think also like the early game part of it really matters because especially like early on, those autos mean so much. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's like levels like maybe one through five, that AD can be the difference between getting a double kill or being double killed. So, and especially like some people are going to take that early game lead no matter what. Um, you know, there was a time where I would start like Doran's Blade on Leona because you could just auto Q auto and do so much damage. Uh, truthfully yeah. speaking, it probably doesn't mean anything. It doesn't no, matter at all. Um, the, the character doesn't play a way in, in which like three attack damage or five AP is going to matter that much. So yeah, good luck, Jay. Uh, next email is from Kemi Leo. Uh, hey guys, Kemi Leo here. I started playing League in season eleven and listened to your podcast and listening to your podcast a few months back and have enjoyed the content as well as the Discord. First time email and just curious on your thoughts. I've heard a lot of people shit on a lot of big League of Legends YouTube channels like Pro Guides, Game Leap, and Challenger Guides. While they seem to give ger- very general uh, advice, I feel like they are somewhat useful and I have enjoyed watching their patch rundowns on occasion, particularly since I am a relatively new player and not very good at the game. As a jungle main, uh, I found a couple good channels like uh, Virkeu and King Sticks, so I'm not super com- concerned about finding something to watch. But why do people hate on the big channels so much? I know that they are constantly advertising using their paid coaching sites, uh, but that doesn't seem that bad to me. Just curious on your thoughts as to the state of YouTube ad- uh, advice for League. Thanks, Camilio. Um, I think like. Unfortunately, a lot of the big YouTube channels, at least from from my knowledge, tend to kind of, at least the ones that are in a like a teaching standpoint, tend to kind of overstate how good they are. Um, and I, from from my understanding, like a lot of high high elo in quotes coaches and things like that are people who teach based on like their performances in custom games versus listeners mm-hmm. and viewers who are, you know, much lower ELO than they are. Um, or people who are not as high ELO as they would make you believe. Um, I don't know. I think like w- one of the examples is what people meme on professor Akali all the time for playing on like bronze iron Smurf accounts, stuff yeah. like that. Um, mm. Versus like, yeah, he is a, a diamond or master or GM, whatever player he is. But the the kind of like views that you're going to be seeing of him playing in like these super crazy pop off like one v nine new build slap my mom clickbait videos is not going to be against people who are you know challenger or or anything like that. So I- yeah, I mean it's it's a very like wide spectrum where I think that like some of the larger audience like generic ones are really good some of them aren't great um i I think overemphasis on how good they are is a common issue i think oversimplification of the game is a common issue where they'll be like you know if you do this it'll work and it's like well it it might Mm -hmm. um but like there's a lot more behind it obviously right like you can't go over every 
in the, like every possibility of a league game in a 10 minute video mm-hmm. but outside of that I, I think to me it like probably goes back mainly just to that like they are trying to sell you something and so they're gonna fall somewhere on a spectrum of like super advertisery like super predatory and like buy our thing buy our thing buy our thing we're not giving anything anything unless you buy our product or others where it's like we're gonna give you a lot for free but there's more out there mm-hmm. um you know I, I think one other reason that there's probably a lot of like negative sentiment towards any teaching tool is people who don't want to put in the work to get better and so they're just gonna flame these things Mm -hmm. or people who like took a a less efficient route and feel like you know they're better because of it right like if i were to start playing league today where like if they if there was if i if i go back in time to colton's first day playing league of legends and his my options are like tell him to just play thousands of thousands of games of solo queue or like here's this huge stash of videos to teach you how to play the game Mm -hmm. better like one of those i get diamond like two seasons sooner with five thousand less games Mm -hmm. um and uh, i don't know i i I, people like shitting on stuff and the, the loud minority is the loud minority and hey they're popular which means people are watching them which means people are enjoying them and you're probably just seeing the comments from the people who are yeah they're successful i mean realistically the only thing that matters is are you are you enjoying and do you feel like you're learning like from it and if if those answers are yes like that's the only thing that matters you know um you're still going to be learning things even if it's from people who play against those who aren't as good as them or present some some like side of them that isn't like entirely truthful. Um, I, like I don't want to to like keep shitting on people, but I I've seen a lot of like solo Renekton only clips where he will like die TP back die again, and then is like, okay, I'm deleting that recording like that. I'm trying to make a video. So if, if you watch his his YouTube channel, maybe. You, all you see is wins and things like that of these like, you know, sick pop-offs with weird out of meta like builds or stuff like that. But then in reality, you know, he's spamming 30 games a day and pumping out two videos. Um, mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I don't know. There, there's a lot of stuff. If you are enjoying the content and you feel like you're learning, that's uh, again, the only thing that matters. So keep enjoying that. Don't let anyone like ruin your excitement for it. So. Yeah. One other thing that I'm going to, I'm gonna go on my little pedestal here. One thing I I I dislike clickbait to begin with, but I even more hate clickbait that's done like really poorly. <laughs> so I, I I they're like um I'm trying to I think it's Pro Guides is the one I watch. Uh, Skillcapped is is one of the like YouTube channels that puts out a bunch of guides that I will you know occasionally. I don't I don't watch all their videos. Mm-hmm. I watch a decent amount of the stuff that they put out. And, like, they're typically, like, really cringy clickbait stuff. And a lot of times, for me, it's, like, the capitalization is garbage. Where I'm, like, why are these the words you capitalize, right? Where it's, like, this one trick will make you challenger. And it's, like, one in challenger Mm. 
are capitalized and it's like no make you are the one like those are the important words mm-hmm. <laughs> like what's going on there um but i i do hate the fucking clickbait titles man yeah unfortunately cl- clickbait works and that's why you see so much of it you know if it didn't work yeah. people wouldn't do it unfortunately just get yeah. that in your capitalization though <laughs> awesome thank you kemi leo yeah next email from irish witch the conversation last week about Riot's lack of merch reminded me of the most baffling move by Riot in my mind. They released a meme skin line based on the popular Star Guardian skin line, put those champions in adorable onesies, but didn't simultaneously release onesies in their merch store. When I heard about the skin line, I thought the only reason they would make it was for an advertisement for actual pajamas, and I so badly want to wear the Soraka onesie. And yeah, there are third parties selling them online, but I don't think I can trust anything than the official merch for something so complicated. Where are my pajama guardian pajamas, Riot? Irish witch. Do you guys... It is crazy. That is a really good idea. Just fucking give the pajamas that your characters wear. It is. <laughs> like... Do you guys wear pajamas? Do you guys have like special pajamas that you change into before bed? No. Uh, sometimes, not, not always. Like, uh, I have a few sets of pajamas and like, uh rachel and i will like get them or like we'll get like a pair of like matching yeah i guess like matching ones are are a little different but like on a typical day do you you have you come home from work you change out you take a shower i hope um and then you change into lounging wear lounge wear like chilling wear and then do you Mm. then after that change into pjs or no pjs okay yeah not not typically i'm in the same boat i I don't wear PJs, but I think that everyone wears like shirts and drinks out of cups and, and, you know, has posters that there are stickers okay. that are interesting. <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with this. But <laughs> so like on, on one hand, yeah, I think that would be really cool to have like pajama guardian stuff, but like it, it's less inexcusable that they did that than like, I can't buy my favorite splash art in the game and put it on a cup, on a mug, you know, on a shirt, yeah. something like that. Like it's. Yeah, I think the, the far side of that is posters, right? Like, the fact that I can't yeah. get a splash art poster is wild. Yeah. And I think, like, anyone could do that. Now, right, where even though I don't really, like, wear pajamas often, like, I would probably buy something like this just for the sake of, like, it's interesting and I would wear mm-hmm. it, like, very rarely just because, like, oh, that's, that's cool. Yeah, um, but if you could get but, Groovy Zillion as a t-shirt, Colton. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, thanks, thanks Irish bitch. Uh, our next email is from Dragoon. Hey, guys, your favorite Dragoon here. Uh, after playing for almost two and a half years, I finally decided to try and ranked. I've been playing support with secondary and AD carry with a pretty good win rate so far. The problem I'm running to, into is after a handful of games, I'll see that I'm still just in bronze. And so I feel demotivated, even though I'm winning more than I'm losing. I'm climbing slowly. I don't know if it's just being new to the scene that I'm uh, just not used to how the rank system works and it really just is how it goes or if it's I'm not doing as well as I think. Uh, If it is how it is, how do you guys keep motivated to keep climbing when it feels just so slow going? Uh, It just feels bad when you get one of those 40 minute games and you gain 25 LP and see that you're still the same rank. Thank you for providing an amazing podcast and y'all have an amazing St. Paddy's Day Dragoon. 
can I just jump in and say, yeah, you're definitely just like newer to the ranked environment yeah. because if you get 25 LP, that's <laughs> you're fucking like, crazy. Yeah, if you get like, 25 LP and you're like, oh man. Like I would say the average LP that people get is like between 15 and 17. Uh, uh, and it's usually like plus 15 to 17, then minus like 15 to 17. Um, yeah. If you get yeah, plus 20, the, you're like, oh. Riot's blessed yeah. me. Yeah, I, don't know. I just think that, like, yeah, it, it, the reality is it's a very slow game to climb in compared to other games. Yeah, so if you're coming sure. from other games, it is rough. But yeah, you're fucking living in the dream world right now with the plus 25 LP gain. So that's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. The only thing I would say is, like, if, you know, if you were getting plus and minus the same, then it could still feel a little iffy. Even at that, though, right? Like, four wins to get you through a division is crazy mm-hmm. right where yeah i'm averaging like 15 16 lp a win right now so if i want to like climb through you know start of d2 into d1 you know that's that's plus seven wins um and if like a lot of people you're at a point where mmr is like whatever rank you are or maybe a little worse um I think that's the point where it feels really shitty is if you're like plus 15 minus 17, mm-hmm. right? Because you can go plus one win on a day and like net zero, right? Like I, I won five games and I lost four games today and I gained three LP. Like that feels terrible. Yeah, I, I think it's just important to, to realize that, you know, I think unlike most rank seasons, which are typically not, what, 10 months long, um, that's how long League of Legends ranked season is. You know, you have a really, really long season with some like splits in the middle in quotes, but the splits really don't mean anything. You know, they're, they're pointless little checkpoints that just indicate, okay, a third of the season is over. Yeah. Um, and, and to kind of break it down into, okay, I'm currently in bronze, but you know, a month from now, where will I be? Like a month ago, where was I? And you know, how, how has my journey been thus far? Like I've had really, really high highs and really, really low lows in a couple of days when, yeah, you know, I have gained or lost three LP, but I've had days where, you know, wow, I'm popping off and I gained 150 LP. I shot up two divisions. Like that's crazy. And you'll have days where, boy, I should have stopped playing three games ago when I was, when I was silver one and now I'm silver four yikes like it's Mm -hmm. it's been it's been it's been a rough day and i think keeping that perspective of like okay we are in march you know the the season is a month and a half old you still have eight and a half months of of league of legends to play seven and a half months i think is is the right math on that um it's still going to be a journey it's still going to be you know something that over the course of the year you're going to appreciate how far you've come and the progress that you've made um, and I, I think keeping that perspective is, is the way to go. You know, I'm not, I, I've been hovering around low to mid D three for, um, I mean, probably an entire month now, but I, I keep that in perspective of like, okay, I'm obviously either supposed to be here or like, I'm just getting unlucky and I'm supposed to be even higher or I guess the alternative I'm, I'm getting lucky and I'm supposed to be even lower. Um, but I, I think it like, yeah, like keeping that perspective is is the way to to I don't know keep it in check. Yeah, I, I also think right. You were talking about like you know having a day where you like pop off or day do really badly, and I think even with the example of like fifteen to seventeen LP, which I think is more standard, mm-hmm. it's like you know great if I have a pop off day and I go like five zero, okay, that's seventy five LP at the lowest, you know. 
if I'm getting 17 a game, then I'm 85. So, you know, one more win and I've gone up a mm-hmm. full division. Like, And as somebody who is a very streaky player and has more normalized LP gains and losses, like all the time you will see my ELO go like up 100, down 100 in the course of a day or two. Like League is slow overall, but you can move really fast if you happen to win like four or five in a row or lose four or five in a row. Mm-hmm. It's just generally most players sit at about a 50% win rate because that's how matchmaking and your MMR are built, right? It's like it's trying to have you at a 50% win rate. Yeah, and I think like it, the length of the season is such an important like thing to make note of where in League of Legends, you know, it's like I said, it's nine, ten months long. If you compare it to something like Overwatch, where I, the ranked seasons were, what, a couple months, like at most, mm-hmm. um, and you have the opportunity to promote and demote like off of, I don't know, like five games and you, and you could promote something like that. Um, or compared to another like League of Legends game, like if you're playing um, Legends of Runeterra or um, TFT, they accelerate your your climb so tremendously because you have a shortened season. You know they're pumping out three, two or three seasons per year per league season, uh, where you're only getting one of that in league. So it, it's got to be a little bit slower just to incentivize people to keep playing, I, I suppose. But I, I can see that being a little frustrating if you're new. That's just the way it works, though. Awesome. Thank you, Dragoon. Next email is from Cole. He says, Serious business. Riot has decided to give in to the whiners and will be deleting a champion from the game. Not reworked, no balance adjustments, just deleted. They come to you to choose which champion gets axed. You must choose exactly one. Who gets deleted? Hmm. I, I think that's a good like roundtable question. But yeah, I might steal it for another week. But mine's yours. As as <laughs> my immediate response is to give a joke answer and be like Sejuani. Just like show me the lowest play rate character over the last three years and get rid of that one. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna be brave. I'm. It's a it's a really hot brave take that I'm about to say. I don't think any champion deserves to get deleted. Uh, I think they all have like really cool niches and they all feel so different from one another that they all have their place. Some of them more frustrating to play against than others, but by taking that mantle of frustration to play against, you are removing it from another character. You know, if it, if it's not Yasuo and Yone, then it's going to be just another character that, that we move on to and complain about. So why not keep them in, and you know they'll be our our scapegoats Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) awesome thanks cole uh our last email is oh boy i always butcher your name uh white (laughs) uh hi i've been thinking about this a lot and since uh uh there was a window with no emails i thought it might be fun for a discussion point Feel free to discard if you have enough content or whatever. Uh, I feel like there is high potential in finding more organized combos that you don't see in solo queue because of teamwork and planning uh, aspect. I theorycrafted some fun ones to play with friends some time ago, but didn't end end, end up testing them. Jesus. What if a stun comp is broken? Sure, you can buy QSS, but there are four more stumps, uh, stuns on the enemy team. What do you think? The rest are just some over-exemplified uh, comps. If you want to talk on the podcast, I feel like there's potential out there. Uh, these are not very serious, but it might be fun to test or talk about. Do you have a favorite? 
Um, and then he sent us a bunch of comps. Uh, have I missed some picks that would fit well into a comp? Uh, does some of these ruin prio or get hard countered enough uh, so that it ruins the chance of winning? Maybe some comps can only be picked when the enemy has uh, shown some picks. Uh, I don't know. I would love to hear you guys talking about this. Ooh, wait. Ooh, wait. Um, so I, I, I guess my favorite the, ones were the Wombo ones just because they're nostalgic. I love Wombo Yeah, comps, the, the Wombo but... ones were like super interesting. He, for example, does like uh, Malphite, Top Lane, Jarvan, or Fiddlesticks in the jungle, Oriana, Yone in the uh, mid lane. Uh, your your AD carry is, of course, MF. He says Twitch to Mira, but I think MF is the, the classic mm-hmm. one. And then NECC support Rel, uh, Alistair. But it's got to be Rel, right? Um, now, yeah. For sure. <laughs> Uh, I, I really like the wall one. Uh, Orn top lane, Trundle or Jarvan in the jungle, Azira Nivia in the uh, mid lane, uh, and it enables Poppy, Kiana, Vayne, and Graves, which I thought was an interesting one where you wall them off and then they instantly take like the fattest nuke in the game, yeah. which uh, I think would be really cool. In his other one, he brings up a sleep team comp and says something that I don't know if it's true, but if it is, it's cracked. So he's talking about like having a sleep comp with like Lilia or like mm-hmm. Zoe, and then he pairs it with MF and Rumble because the claim is that their ultimates don't wake up sleepy targets. Damage over time uh, does not awaken sleeping units. So misfortune is the most common one. Um, okay. But yeah, Rumble ultimate I imagine would be the same way because it's a, a full damage over time and not a mm-hmm. like base damage plus damage over time. Gotcha. So. I, yeah, I didn't know that. Yep. So that's, man, like a Lilia into a clean Rumble MF. So Ooh. the the Lilia Misfortune I have seen a lot, or, or I think uh, Zoe Misfortune as well, um, mm-hmm. at least in competitive where, um, you know, that, that combo has been used. Uh, I also, gotcha. also uh, want to give, I guess, two more. Um, the Trap Comp. Tima top, Shaco or Fiddle Jungle, Fiddle slash Nidalee mid lane. Itty carry is Caitlyn or Jin, and the support is Maokai or Shaco. Uh, I think that would be really fun to you. You have to get ahead in this lane, but what are in this in this game? I suppose, but once you do, it's just impossible to compete with <laughs> with like objective. Imagine trying to do a Baron, and there's Tima mushrooms, uh, Shaco boxes, Nidalee traps, Caitlyn traps, Maokai saplings. Like it, it would just be impossible. You have to give it up. You have to give it up. Uh, and then, of mm-hmm. course, we've got the classic run fast comp, the Siver comp, if you will. And I, I only I only say that because of the memes, but also that's the only AD carry you picked. You just press R and run at him. It's a Siver comp. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a lot of fun stuff. Uh, uh, singed, uh, Hecarim, Udir, uh, Galio, something like that, and then Rakan. Where's Where's the Zillion? He didn't list Zillion in the run fast he didn't comp. List Zillion in any of these, I think. He's uh, anti Zillion. Yeah. He's anti-Zillion. Um, 99% move speed, by the way. And then forgot to mention the revive comp, right? True. You gotta go, like... Zillion, Karthus, Scion. Anivia, Zachary. Anivia, Zachary. Renata. Yeah, Renata now. That character's broken, by the way. We didn't talk about it this week, but I really want to. That character's busted. We'll talk about it next week. That character's OP. Um, Awesome. But thanks for the email. Thank you to everyone who emailed in. I should have mentioned this at the top of the show, but we will be hosting a community night next week. Uh, I am currently planning to host one on Monday. I know Aiden was talking about potentially hosting 
as well, or just participating in the one that I was hosting. Monday's the um, only day I can't play Nick, but ooh, okay. What if I'm playing in a tournament on Monday? <laughs> ooh, that's exciting. Um, I'm gonna host one on Monday, and then if you host one another day, I can come. Hell uh, yeah! Perhaps a Wednesday, my dude. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, so yeah, maybe even potentially two uh, community nights next week. So if you're interested in that, make sure that you join the Discord server. It is discord.gg forward slash leecast. Uh, Make sure that you're paying attention to uh, to the announcements um, in the event that we're the events little mm-hmm. uh, function the that they way. added. Yeah, um, that we'll be doing. Uh, if you want to send us an email, it is mail at leadcastpodcast.com, which is on Twitch at kinglardout at bluebasket at leadcastfrost. Uh, tweet at us at leadcast on Facebook. We are leadcast. Visit our website leadcastpodcast.com. Like I said, join our Discord server discord.gg slash leadcast. And finally, support us on Patreon patreon.com forward slash leadcast thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next week goodbye bye, bye.